0: As we have been focusing this past month on Abraham and Sarah and then hearing insights from Emma's sermon last week about epigenetics, we gleaned some insights about who we are as humans. We are individually journeying, and we journey corporately as well. While we do this, we are generationally influencing one another for good or ill. We do this while we seek to be connected to God, or not. This takes place if we're seeking God through personal spirituality, our personal connection to God, and religion, those corporate practices we do to seek God. In the backdrop of these last several weeks, we've been hearing the book of Romans. Apart from being Paul's longest letter he uniquely is not addressing a particular purpose or occasion for his writing, which is more of the norm for his other letters. This letter contributes more layers of our understanding to who we are as humans in our current context, our now. On top of insight about individual journey and influence upon others, Paul, in this book, lays out his gleanings from 25 years of ministry and the experiences he's had at the beginning of the church. It is a bit sobering to consider all that Paul has been through, from prison to surviving attempted murder to homelessness homelessness, to poverty to living well and living with plenty. The book of Acts chronicles his journeys. Paul articulately in this chapter labels two important characteristics Of our now, suffering and hope, words that sound so opposite but may be intricately woven together. Beginning in verse 17, Paul speaks of suffering and then describes constraints of this time, not only for humans but of all creation, and then speaks of hope, the anticipation of all things coming together, every promise. Paul has this eschatological fulfillment ever before him. The Greek lexicon helps us understand suffering through the word picture of bearing weight. Suffering is something that presses upon us, and we bear it, and we may push back on it. In addition to our personal journey and our influence upon one another and upon generations to come, We live in a time of limitation and difficulty. Kingdoms in conflict, the now and the not yet, as we have talked about. The kingdom of God is now, but will not be fully manifest until we pass into glory or Jesus returns. We hear that flavor in this passage. For the creation waits with eager longing. In the Greek, that's like craning your neck forward. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay, and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Sin and its impact affect everything. We see that now. This week, with extreme weather here and throughout our nation and around the world, heat and storms, bondage, decay. In our bodies, we experience this as age or sickness and ultimately physical death. The kingdom of God is here. God dwells within us. We are a new creation. But our current context means that suffering is normal. It is not about if, but when. And for many right here, right now, in this room, there is suffering loss of loved ones, difficult diagnoses, financial hardship, loneliness, depression, and more. A sports word picture for all of this is that the game is already won, but every day we need to continue wholeheartedly and strategically running offense and defense, living in the now and not yet, and conviction concerning the fulfillment of all things. In our passage, coming fulfillment of all things is where Paul turns the corner to talk about hope. He writes, now hope, is, now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. As I have said before, hope is a very sturdy thing, or it can be. As with bearing suffering, it is a muscle, something to be developed. Neither bearing suffering nor having hope are handed to us, or exist within us magically. That means that our Christian faith demands courage from us. To embrace now as Christians, we must accept that suffering not only happens, but is normal. We must be willing to bear it personally, and we must help one another bear it. But I will add, with healthy boundaries... We have burdens and loads to help one another with and we have burdens and loads to simply bear ourselves. We need one another and are connected to one another. That is by design for our now and forever. Suffering is connected to loss. loss, As we bear relational conflict or health challenges or death of loved ones or other changes there is a saying goodbye, a separation. We can deduce that ancillary to suffering is grief. As we accept suffering, we must consider welcoming grief. Now, we can buck up against all of this, but it does not help our quality of life, in our now or for our future selves. Jennifer Sr., in writing on grief warns concerning our individual journeys with grief through a word picture. Imagine, she writes, that you are all on the top of a mountain, you who are grieving, but you all have broken bones, so you cannot help each other. You each have to find your own way down. She later asserts that this assumes everyone will make it down, but when we refuse our suffering and grief, we stay broken at the top of the mountain. Our courage comes in with hope as well. We must cultivate convictions concerning our certainty that we are a people who are indestructible. We will never cease existing. And we are on our way somewhere. If we do not live our life with certainty and anticipation, it sabotages our endurance. In the sports analogy, it makes us weak on both offense and defense. Hope can be strong, but hope is hard. David Greenhaw asserts honestly, the one who hopes hurts. The one who hopes has a restless heart. The one who hopes sees what we get, what is in front of us, and is disappointed. When we look to Jesus, who is not only Savior but model for living, we see he suffered and grieved. If God's son suffered while in this place, this world, it must mean that somehow suffering is uniquely and unavoidably important. Our readings today encourage us when life feels hard that it is indeed because it is hard. So much is uphill. But in the words of Glennon Doyle, We can do hard things. This has been kind of a downer, hasn't it? (laughs) Is all this bad news? Or are we as Christians just living a bummer life? No, not at all. It is not bad news. And the Christian life is anything but a bummer. God offers us union with God, with one another. Eternity in paradise, together with God and everyone. And in our now, our now of living, God offers joy and abundant life, which eclipses our suffering. So it is hard. There's goodness. But this Christian life demands everything from us. I think of John chapter 6, where Jesus is just trying to tell them a little bit of the new covenant by saying he's the bread of life and they need to eat this bread. They're a little creeped out. And John writes, because of this, many of his disciples turned and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, do you wish to go away also? Peter answered, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life.